I mean, because of the profits, they're not going to cover a large recording budget. So we're using this type of stuff and we are perfectly fine with it. You just wait, man, a couple of years, you guys are going to be getting those multi-million dollar deals and stuff, man, they'll be rolling <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, on my phone, on my phone, I got this song of Cardi B, you know, this, okay. this artist, Cardi B, and uh, the song is called I Like It Like That. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I like to listen to it, like, every day when I go to work, and uh, she has a line there, uh, something like, I like million dollars. I like million dollar deals with my pen, bitch, I sign it. <laughs> I think you just described the situation. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. I, I, I'm listening to this song every day and waiting, waiting for those multi-million like, deals <laughs> to be signed by us. Welcome to the 26th episode of the Cast That Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where I interview bands and public figures from the MathCore community. Uh, we have emotes now. Uh, so if you can subscribe to my channel for $4.99, get access to some of these sick emotes. Uh, you can also subscribe for free by uh, linking your Twitch Prime account, to, or your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. Uh, and you can get early access to, vid to interviews before they hit the streaming services in YouTube. Uh, so uh, if you missed the show, wanted to hear it right now, all you have to do is subscribe. Um, if you beautiful people in chat have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them in. If you're watching this on YouTube, listening to this in your car, I have no idea what I'm talking about. The show is first shown live at twitch.tv slash the cast that ends creation. Uh, you can join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the live cast. With that out of the way, let me introduce our guest tonight who dropped their fourth album, Primal Entropy, back in November. Welcome in, Alex of Dysphoria. How's it going? Hey, what's up? What's up, people? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, tell us who you are, what you do in the band. Well, uh, I play guitar. I think I'm a mastermind behind uh, the music <laughs> of Dysphoria. And I do production and uh, some of the management. So, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm the only one here. We were scheduling to do this with uh, with our senior, Max, but he's ill, unfortunately, right now. So, yeah, I'm going to put it on my shoulders. <laughs> All righty. I hope he yeah, feels we'll better, proceed. man. Uh, yeah. So, how did you guys land on Dysphoria for the name? Well, I know, man, it's a weird story, but we were driving in a bus in 2010 and, uh, with a Max, with a senior. We wanted to, we were discussing like a possible name for our funny, funny band because we were, uh, yes, we were intended to uh, make fun of Deathcore because it, uh, I mean, like genre, it was already established and uh, there were a lot of uh, cliches, you know, very uh, stupid moves that we wanted to make fun of. So we decided to make this funny band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Max just proposed the, this name, like uh, we have these uh euphoria name right i mean word and uh, which means a happy state okay. uh, of mind and yeah and then there is a dysphoria so uh we really like the the sound of it and uh decided to use it as a band's name right there in the bus <laughs> <laughs> well there's a sick name man uh are you worried about like uh, you were telling me earlier before we started that there are other bands named dysphoria are you worried about getting mixed up with them I don't know, man. We didn't Google anything. <laughs> it's only later uh, during these uh, last FM times, you know, when we, uh, you, can, you, you, can, you could use the, the, the website and uh, we saw some uh, dysphoria, hardcore dysphoria from uh, Boston or Chicago 
from 1993 or something, but we didn't know, man, and it was too late. <laughs> so we decided, okay. <laughs> well, you also Never thought mind. it was a joke band at the time, right? So you probably didn't put too, yeah. much, too much effort into it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, man, it wasn't serious. Believe it, it wasn't serious. We released like two first tracks with all those breakdowns and pig squeals. It wasn't serious at all. <laughs> And now it's like this crazy tech tech death kind of thing happening. Like it, it's wild how it's just blown up, man. Like your your sound is so much more complex. Sure, man. I think it's it's called evolution. Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, can you believe just playing playing the same breakdowns for for ten years over and over again? Man, it's impossible. It would be impossible. Right, and now you got these songs that I have no idea how you can actually remember how to play these things, man. Like they, they rarely repeat the uh, sex sections and stuff. Like I could, never. Dude, there's just no yes, way that never. you can. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how you could possibly remember all these things. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It's visual. <laughs> I mean, I just see notes on the fretboard, and that's it. That's how I do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're a machine. Uh, so you guys dropped your debut in 2010. I'm sure you guys been around a little bit longer. Uh, can you give us a little? Oh, sorry. Can you give us a brief history of the band? Yeah, I know. Uh, I think it, it started from uh, with me and Max. Max is a singer, and me is a guitar guitar player and a composer of those songs. And we had a band before this. It is called Hedonistic Exility. Uh, it was a technical death death metal band uh, since I don't know since two thousand eight. So we met with the Max around two thousand seven or something during one of the parties, and. Uh, yeah, I, I just heard the man doing sick pig squeals. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, really loud shrieking screams. And uh, so, yeah, we decided, why not? Why not? So uh, we invited him into the band, that band, to play some technical death metal. And uh, I think this is how our friendship actually started. Uh, beautiful one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because it's not only a friend friendship, but a cooperation between us because uh, usually I like to say that without the the max vocals, my music is nothing. I mean, my music is uh, I don't know. It's it's about his vocals that making this sound. I believe so unique. You know, uh, so I appreciate a lot his input into the band, and uh, yeah, this is so how you it write your music <laughs> to like uh, uh, to showcase his vocals. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know, man, but uh, I mean, in instrumental version of, of uh, Dysphoria songs are okay, but when we put vocals yeah, on top and then listen, the song, like, it transforms into something, something different. And uh, I like this process and uh, I'm always waiting for this to come, you know, to, to add, to spice up the songs with his vocals and then they, like, feel complete. It's, it's a very pleasant feeling for us as a composers, you know. Okay. Um, so what genre do you consider yourselves? Uh, band, <laughs> on Bandcamp, you guys say that you have chugtastic riffs that you'll probably mistake for breakdowns, which <laughs> is seemingly your way of trying to distance yourself from deathcore, but everywhere else you guys like list yourselves as a deathcore band. So wh what would you consider your music? <laughs> you know, when we the, when this was only a joke, we decided to use this uh, regressive <laughs> genre. <laughs> I mean, to emphasize that we are actually making fun of deathcore, because there were lots of uh, progressive deathcore bands at that time, 
and uh, we wanted to just like to step back and make it regressive, you know, to make fun of those simple breakdowns and pick squeals, you know, and all the, those lines and moves. And uh, yeah, regressive was was like a top uh, genre on Last.fm when you googled our band and. Uh, yeah, I think we use that one, regressive deathcore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how do you consider yourselves now? Just like tech de- technical deathcore, I guess? Well, I don't know, man. For me, like technical music is uh, Beneath the Massacre, uh, like Ion Dissonance, all those bands who are really masters, masters of uh, technical death, me- death metal and deathcore. And uh, yeah, I think our music is techy now, like, Techie, but I try not to overcomplicate this as well. I try to, to keep it, you know, uh, good for like ordinary listener. Uh, you, you shouldn't be a diehard like technical death metal fan to be able to appreciate and to, uh, you know, to, to listen to, to our music. So I try to keep things simple. But yeah, we spice it up with some technical riffs and I think Primal Entropy is the quintessence of everything. <laughs> yeah, you guys are, aren't technical in the sense that you have like the wheedly-wheedlies happening all the time. It's more complicated because uh, the rhythms are so uh, change so often and you don't really repeat segments and stuff. So it's more technical in, in that sense rather than just like trying to masturbate on the guitar. So I, I can appreciate that. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Also, also we're into uh, mathcore, mathcore genre. And uh, so we tried, like from the beginning, we tried to implement those mathcore riffs into our deathcore breakdowns and uh, the ordinary deathcore riffs. So yeah, I think uh, I cannot say that we are mathcore band, but we are definitely using uh, some influences and some riffs from this genre. And I hope that we are going to use it like in future as well. Oh yeah, I could definitely tell you have a lot of like uh, off kilter rhythms and stuff happening. Um, what are your influences going into this? Cause I see you obviously have the combination of deathcore with some tech death, some mathcore stuff. You got a bit of the black metal seeping in a little bit. <laughs> uh, what uh, what would you say your influences are? Uh, like I told you, man, beneath beneath the massacre and all these Canadian deathcore. Uh, scene with Ion Dissonance, uh, I don't know, Last Felony, uh, they influenced a lot, a lot our, on our music. And uh, I don't know, I mean, we listened to shitload of bands. Uh, and I think because of these, we decided to mix all the genres that we know and listen to, to make this cocktail of uh, different heavy riffs, like from, from various genres. And... Uh, I don't know, man. We uh, listened to a lot of uh, mathcore music as well back in 2010, like Dillinger Escape Plan and Daughters, this can- a great Canadian band. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, uh, Daughters is sick. Yeah, Staring Janet Lay for this like, more techie deathcore, but also mathcore-ish vibes. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I made this list like several times for different interviews, but I just don't have it around with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the list well, with all the bands we are listening, I mean, uh, my whole drive, old drive, and my PC was filled with, with uh, all kinds of these mathcore and deathcore and death metal bands. And uh, unfortunately, it's in the past, so I can't remember all the names. But uh, yeah, we listen to a lot of music to be able to um, absorb it and to produce something of your own. Ah, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah, yeah. I was too like too uh, too active. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, Cricket Slams in the chat says that you guys are technical death math. 
technical like death math. Death math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the sound of a death math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I know. Math. I mean, math metal for me, it's uh, Meshuga. Meshuga are like a kings of math metal. They invented this thing with the odd, uh, odd time signatures, poly polyrhythms, and all this stuff. And uh, but I don't know math metal. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure about math. <laughs> I mean, we don't have this sound. We don't have this like Swedish sound or the sound of those math bands uh, from Europe and US. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we are more into deathcore. Okay, okay. Um, I do notice uh, listening to your older material back in 2014. I forget the name of the album, but uh, it has a that's more uh, gent quality to it than what you have now. And it seems like y'all really focused in on trying to make the songs more complex and stuff but also kind of distancing yourself from this genty sound is that like a a conscious effort or is that just like what happened hmm i think we 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 had a genty song like you call it genty song on this album i mean this satirias is 21 and i think it's called santa makes geigers tattoo i mean Dude, this was really a joke. I mean, who who names the song Santa Mace Geigers to two? <laughs> so yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a genty song. I think we were inspired a lot again by Meshuga. And uh so we decided to follow that sound, you know, of these uh really low tuned guitars and uh this heavy chugging, slow rhythm tempo. Uh, I don't know, but I, I've never been into this genty thing because I think uh the techniques that are being used in Jam, they are overused already. And they were overused back in 2010, believe me. I mean, lots of bands implemented these uh, open note chugs and uh, I don't know, we, we wanted to, to get away from this and to create something a bit more complex. I think this is how can you explain the evolution of the band. Okay. Yeah. Jant. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> so uh where were we at? okay so what's the writing process like you said that you make everything that you write everything out does do you get input from the other members or well the writing process evolved and changed over these uh, 10 years uh i must confess that first songs for first albums first two albums uh i really did some improvisations so or improvise and put it directly into audio so I did like demos without any uh, tabs, without any notes. And uh, this was all like improvisation. So after I recorded demos, I started working on them and uh, improving, polishing. And then I did like a clean, clean uh, recording. But over the years, I, uh, I got this idea that you need to have songs in tabs to be able to, uh, you know, to make them whole, to make them solid to make all these transitions, you know, to make them less chaotic. And I think Primal Entropy is the, I don't know, is the best album in terms of transitions. Like, uh, I think uh, from New Transcendence, the guy from New Transcendence, Connor Welsh, he did a pre-release um, pre review of uh, this album. So in his review, he wrote that transitions is the, what we really improved in our music. And I think it's because of the tabs and notes that I've been using already to, to polish everything, not just to uh, randomly put race into the song, record it and call it a day, you know. Uh, 
So, we yeah. also need tabs so that you remember what the hell you did because it's all exactly it's so yeah. it's stupidly complicated. I mean, I'm just listening to it and you never repeat sections and stuff. Like, dude, I just don't know how you could like play a show <laughs> and remember all this stuff. Like, <laughs> man, you need to practice a lot. You need to practice a lot, and this is the answer for for how we do this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you help uh, write lyrics, also, right? Well, um, you know, as I'm, uh, I'm uh, quite good at English, and uh, so I'm, I'm uh, helping Max with translations. Mostly, he write, he writes lyrics uh, because he has lots of ideas in his head about various subjects and topics, uh, like from our reality and from our human lives. And usually, we discuss these. He's, uh, mm, I think, he gets inspired from uh, lots of uh, like old writers, like Camus. Sartre or guys like that and uh, yeah he likes these utopia and anti-utopia subjects from the books so he just shows up with some ideas we start working on them and uh, usually we write in uh, Russian or Ukrainian and then just translate it to English so I'm helping with the translation but most of the ideas are coming from Max actually well, as uh, someone that English isn't the first language for, you guys did really good on on your lyrics. Like, I even oh, had to break thanks, out the man. dictionary a few times, man. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, dude, yeah, they're they're so, uh, I guess, flowery for a be- lack of a better term. But uh, yeah, like, it, it's really uh, just as complex as your music. Your lyrics are just as complex as your music. <laughs> Well, yeah, man, but it's not because of my English skills are so good. I use the dictionary same as you. <laughs> because I, yeah, when I want to translate some complex word from Russian to English, I use dictionary just the same. <laughs> so why not write the lyrics in Russian or Ukrainian? Because uh, in that case, we wouldn't be able to cover international audience, you know? I mean, uh, I... Um, well, uh, if if you if you take a look into the stats of a place of our songs, uh, we have a lot of audience. I mean, a lot of audience from US and Europe, mostly from US. I think it's because our uh, songs were in English, like from the start. Because if if our uh, if our lyrics were like in Russian, we would be a local band. I don't know. We we wouldn't be able to push it outside, abroad. You know, overseas. Okay. So we we thought that this would be this would be a professional attitude and professional approach. So from the start, we decided to write lyrics in English. I think it was a nice decision, really. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely uh, uh, increases your appeal uh, across the world. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's it like being a uh, I guess deathcore, death math tech, whatever band from uh, Ukraine? What's it like being in the Ukraine? I'm sorry, are you saying deathcore or deathcore? <laughs> Technical death math, I think, is what we settled on. <laughs> so, because I, I think I heard deaf, deathcore. I mean, like, with no ears, deathcore. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so th- this is why I asked. Maybe that, some uh, new genre. <laughs> that's, that's what happens after we blast your album a little too loud. We, yes, we get yeah. The deathcore. Uh, <laughs> so, what's, yeah. what's it like being a deathcore band in Ukraine? Is there a scene? Uh, I think deathcore is almost dead here in 2021 
But back some 10 years ago, there were a lot of really good deathcore bands, but unfortunately they didn't like live up to, to nowadays, to present time. And uh, I think we, we were friends with a lot of bands uh, playing death, deathcore here. Um, damn, man, I, I can't really rec re recollect names in my head, but there were some oh, really good bands. Mathcore as well, I think it's like plus minus. Plus minus was a really good mathcore band from uh, from Kiev. Unfortunately, they are not active anymore, but they their music was very chaotic, really nice. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, ten years ago, this genre was very popular. We had a lot of bands, lot lot of shows. It was easy to organize a show and arrange arrange a show and arrange a lineup because you could choose among like ten deathcore bands. You you could choose like five or four the best one and make a show. And people w would show up, believe me. I mean, uh, like what, 100, 200 people. It was, it was really easy to, to collect them uh, in the venue. But now, I think this genre is uh, like di dying here. Uh, Does it seem to be like, uh, <laughs> is there another genre that's like rising in its place? Or is it just like metal in general? I don't know, man. It's, it's difficult because, you know, like the past year, it influenced really badly on live shows. There mm -hmm. were some shows. We, we played three shows, but only in our uh, in the capital of Ukraine, Kiev, in our hometown. Three shows and that's it. I mean, compared to previous years, it's almost nothing, man. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. We are, we are struggling. Uh, I hope this year will be better and we will be able at least to make some shows outside Kiev. To travel around Ukraine a bit, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have high hopes for this, but I I can't speak for the future. I think we're all like hoping that we can return to live shows pretty soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Valentin Callen says that there's a ton of cover bands in your uh, in your area. Really? I don't know if that's someone that you know, Valentin Callen. Uh, well, maybe cover bands. I, I mean, like bands like Metallica, of course they have, I think they have even this kind of official cover band, like Riff Inc. or something, I heard of this. Uh, <laughs> really? I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe there are some cover bands, local cover bands here, but I uh, don't <laughs> actually pay so much attention to the scene now because I have my own life, I'm busy with it. So I'm only dedicating my free time to Dysphoria. And, and that's it, you know, I really don't have time to scroll through some <laughs> news feeds, you know, and to, to get in touch with all everything that's happening on the scene, man, unfortunately. I gotcha, I gotcha. So, uh, where'd you guys record this? Well, uh, guitars, we usually record at home. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's easy, man. I, I mean, if you when, you when you know the technology, you can easily do guitars and bass at home. And for vocals, you can go to any studio and, and do it there, just like we are doing. And uh, so, yeah, we have our tech, we have our equipment with us, and we are using it for already 10 years. And, uh, well, we are fine with that, fine with that. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to go to a fancy studio, you know, with a four, four, 40,000K budget, you know. Uh, I, mean, I mean, 40K budget, yeah, for, for recording, but unfortunately, this is how we do this. Because we don't have such kind of budgets for recording, and it's not feasible, actually. I mean, because of the profits, they're not going to cover a large recording budget. So we're using this type of stuff, and we are perfectly fine with it. 
You just wait, man. A couple of years, you guys are be- going to be getting those multi-million dollar deals and stuff. Man. They'll be rolling in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, on my phone, on my phone, I got this song of Cardi B. You know, this, okay. this artist Cardi B, and uh, the song is called "I Like It Like That." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I like to listen to it like every day when I go to work, and uh, she has a line there, uh, something like, "I like million dollars. I like million dollar deals with my pen, bitch, I sign it. <laughs> I think you just described the situation. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. I, I, I'm listening to this song every day and waiting, waiting for those multi-million like, deals <laughs> to be signed by us. But uh, I think I think uh, that's not going to happen, so we shouldn't delude ourselves. <laughs> you guys did a, a cover of, I forgot what it was now, but there's a cover on your band camp. What, what, who was it that you guys were covering? I think it was a mixed, I mean, joint cover of a Frank Sinatra song, Let It Snow, and uh, Hit the Road Jack. So two <laughs> songs, yes, into so, one So cover. the next cover is going to be that Cardi B song, right? Yes, I'm working on that. I'm working <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. Getting the vibes, you know. <laughs> uh, so you guys do mention two studios in the credits for, uh, for the album. So I assume that was for like drums and stuff then? Mm, I mean, Chaotic Productions is the name of my home studio oh, because okay. I used yes, I used to do a lot of uh, mixing job for local bands. Also, for for, for last like two years, I'm working with my um, Czech partner. He lives in Prague. He has this all four band uh, company, so they are covering a lot of uh, like design and video production and sound production for any band who apply to them. So I'm covering the sound part. And I'm using my home studio for this. And the Checkpoint Studio is the studio that uh, where we are rehearsing, practicing. And also we recorded vocals there. So this is why we mentioned it in, uh, in the credits of the album. Okay, okay. Uh, Bandcamp says that you guys are recording this between 2016 and 2020. That's a long yes, time, ma'am. man. <laughs> yeah, long time. Why Why did it take so long to get this all recorded? Like, I could see oh. the writing taking a long time, and then you go into the studio or whatever, yeah. you do it really fast, but yeah. how, why did it take four years to do the recording part? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, like, since 2014, when we released Apogee, I literally had no ideas. I mean, zero. <laughs> zero ideas for new songs. Uh, we were pretty busy doing some tours around Ukraine, Belarus, Russia, and uh, you know we we had our time and we were a lot into these things. So I didn't have a proper time to sit down, to sit with my guitar and do some I don't know find try finding some new ideas. And it's only in 2016 I felt that I had something else inside already built built up. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, the the first song, this Fox Purpose. This is the first song that was created for this new album, and oh, it really? was into yeah in 2016. I I uh, I think I managed to find this uh, new sound for the band, some new riffs, maybe more technical, more in the technical ballpark. Uh, so yeah, this was the start of this primal entropy writing and recording. Because when I write the song, usually I try to record it simultaneously. I mean, just to do it. And, and leave it, you know, leave it for, for vocals, not to postpone it later, later, and try to to record all the songs all together, you know? Okay, I got you. I kind of do the same process for uh, for my, my projects, uh, just like mm. recording as it comes along, uh, kind of yes. like just pulling things out of your mind as it comes to you. 
So uh, you also did all the mixing and mastering for the album. Is that right? Yeah, I did it. Dude, that's I mean, awesome. I've been doing. Yes, I've been doing this for like twelve years, and uh, I don't know. At this point, maybe back in two thousand ten, maybe we should have uh, hired some like local engineer to do this job better. But you know, we were so excited about the writing process. And we wanted to do this really fast, so we decided to mix it by ourselves. So I, I've done all the all the mixing job. Uh, I don't know. I think it worked. I think it worked. Oh, I mean, dude, it it's really fast. good. You yeah, freaking it nailed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> like all the I, little I, I, touches, yeah. like bits of ambient sounds and stuff. Like uh, where was it? Um, in Shattered Throne, you had the little shotgun thing, and then like yeah. rain at the end and stuff. <laughs> dude, it sounds so massive. You did a really good job at like uh, the atmospherics, right? Like not just like putting on the riffs and stuff, but making it sound like a, a huge thing happening, you know, a huge production. Like you nailed it, man. Yeah, I, I get it, man. And that idea was actually Max's idea. So Maxime uh, proposed me to place a shotgun sample into a shattered throne in that breakdown. And at first, I thought that it was a bad idea, but then after some time, I, uh, I actually I did it. So and when we reviewed the mix, we immediately we we decided that this is this was awesome actually. So we we, we left it in the song and yeah, it's there. It's good, <laughs> kind of good. <laughs> did y'all get the idea from Into the Moat? Because I believe they did that too, pretty famously. Uh, in, I think in the I, I think War from the Hellroth's Mouth had this okay. song with a machine gun. Yes, machine gun uh, simultaneously doing this like. Uh, firing sim simultaneously with a breakdown. I think it was War from a Hellless Mouth, but I'm not sure about Into the Mode, but maybe, maybe, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's such a simple idea, actually. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it can be unique, but if uh, put properly into the right place, it probably will sound good. Oh, it sounds freaking sick, man. <laughs> uh, what's the reaction to the album been like? Well, I really enjoyed listening to some podcasts uh, of uh, Mathcore Index and Heavy's podcasts. I mean, the, gu the guys uh, did uh, Heavy's podcast did a pre-release review of the album. Uh, we were really, really pleased to hear all those warm words and appreciations, you know, of the new album. Because uh, you know, when you make music, you don't know which part exactly people are going to like. So. Uh, yeah, in that post, in, in that pod, podcasts, uh, people actually told what they liked. I mean, uh, those techy stuff, maybe the, those jazz interludes that we use in our songs. Uh, I don't know, man. It, I think the reception was good, really good. <laughs> uh, and as you said, it's mostly like uh, people from the U.S. and Europe listening to it. Yeah, I mean, also we have a very nice local audience from Ukraine, from Russia, from Belarus as well, who are into our music for many years. Some people are right from the beginning. And uh, I don't know, the reception was really good. I can't say that I saw some shitty comments on YouTube or somewhere like, uh, yeah, there were some comments that we were like repeating ourselves, doing the same thing that we've done before in 2014. But uh, I what? Don't know, man. people say, said that? Yes, yes. People <laughs> saying that like Apogee and Primal Entropy are literally the same albums, just a continuation, you know? Uh, I, don't I don't know, get man. that you at all. That's weird. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You, you can say this about like any band. I don't know. Like, take, take Beneath the Massacre, for example. 
they have this kind of uh, they have their own style they mm. just develop it they are evolving but uh with this with this mindset you can say the same shit about them you know yeah i mean so, like so they they have like their own thing and they're like i guess the best at it but it it does sound very similar from album to album you got you got made a big change from your last album into into this one like i was saying like there's more like uh kind of jinty overtones on the last album and this one it you're like and you don't have like the basic generic breakdowns or whatever there it might have been a couple on your last one but yeah. here great it, it's not you know it's, it's completely different they sound like different bands to me to be honest so like that that's really wild that people would say that um i appreciate i, I appreciate war bands <laughs> i see that you guys got some people to like react to your video on to your uh, music videos on youtube and stuff like uh people are uh, filming react videos of themselves watching your stuff so like you're uh, starting to reach the uh, the YouTube the YouTuber audience. Like uh, y'all are uh, moving up. Yeah, that's a good thing. But I think I only saw one video of uh, Kim, like hardcore Kim, that guy. Yeah, and, uh, I, I didn't yeah, even I, see I that enjoyed. one. But there's a couple. There's a couple of videos out there. Really? Yeah. I need to Google more, man. I need to Google more. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know, man. really. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome that y'all are starting to like reach like bigger, uh, bigger audiences through all that stuff. I think this is also because YouTube or YouTubers' audience is also building, so this is why they're covering more and more bands, you know. And uh, I think this is just a, like a development of YouTube, and it's a good thing. It's a good thing for us as well. Hell yeah, man! Uh, so, what exactly is going on with the cover? Like, what what is cover. that? Yeah, what is that supposed to be? The cover, cover. of your album. <laughs> you mean this one? Yeah, this yeah, one, yeah, yeah. What, what is that? Uh, well, like I told you, uh, in this band, ideas are being produced by the singer, by the frontman Max. So it was his idea to create this kind of a spiral, you know, like a spiral of life. And uh, okay. yeah, I don't know how to describe like the whole idea. It was, can you imagine like the whole paper? Of written text of what he wanted to to see there his ideas and uh, the, uh, I mean the, the the idea was really complicated and when we started looking for designers being able to write I mean to to draw this man it was really difficult but we decided to use the services of this Russian guy uh, called Armada Art Armada Art with two A uh, his name is Andrew, and he did a terrific job on this one. I mean, we really enjoyed uh, working with him, and the the result is sick. Oh yeah, I it think. looks awesome, man! It looks so yes. Uh, detailization is really good, and the colors and so. And uh, I mean, we described the idea to him, and then gave him a freedom because usually he works in this brutal genre with gore, you know, for grindcore bands, brutal death. So this like space subject, space theme was something different for him. I think it was a step out of his comfort zone, mm -hmm. which is a good thing, you know, always for any human. Uh, and I'm really happy that he agreed to do this. And I think the result is really, really good. It's solid. I mean, uh, when, you, when you take a look at 100 covers, put together i immediately see our cover <laughs> yeah yeah for sure man yeah, it's those. uh very different than what other like death metal bands and stuff put out like you know there's no gore and stuff like you were saying so uh, it's a good, good way to stick out exactly <laughs> uh just so wanted I, to oh sorry. yeah yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good to go. <laughs> I just wanted to remind chat you guys could drop questions, comments, that sort of thing. Uh, so shows. What was your? Well, actually, first of all, somebody in chat asked a question. Uh, Pizza Sushi Roll is asking: Is there a lot of crowd killing style moshing at Dysphoria shows? Really? Well, yes. I think uh, right now in 2021. Our band is the only band that can gather a crowd to being able to arrange those mosh pits and crowd killing. <laughs> I don't know because nobody plays deathcore anymore, you know, and uh, and because our music is saturated with breakdowns, with groovy riffs. Uh, I think this is very suitable for people who like mosh to attend our shows and to to move around a bit, you know. <laughs> So yeah, usually when the crowd is good, when they are active, there is a lot of mosh pit going on, and uh, we enjoyed it a lot. But unfortunately, I don't. When I'm on on stage, I don't have time to look <laughs> what's going on. Like uh, in a club, I'm concentrated on playing, you know, and doing all, all this kind of mathcore, you know, uh, stuff. Uh, but yeah, when I when I watch videos after that and uh i see i see a lot of uh we just uh, lost see, oh there it is okay we lost no, no, your no, video for a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah i see a lot of mosh pit going on during our shows and it's a good thing it's a good thing i think oh yeah man uh so what was your best show best show uh i think there were there were there were a couple of uh I don't know, man. Back in 2013, maybe when we were doing like tours in Belarus and Russia for like 10, 10 uh, cities, things were huge for us at that moment. And uh, I think in Saint Petersburg, we had a, a very nice show with uh, some 300 people gathered Jesus only for Christ. us. Yes, wow, 300 just people for, you. for us as headliners. Dude, that's sick. Yes, it was really nice. And then next show in Moscow, there were some 500 people. But there was also a mix, like mixed lineup with some very solid local bands. So, but yeah, still, still five hundred people. Crap. Yeah, five hundred people is really good. And I think in two thousand seventeen, we we played uh, open air fest uh, somewhere in Ukraine, and uh, I don't know, around seven hundred people gathered there. It was re also a very good crowd, very active and responsive. Dude, that's so awesome, I think, yeah, man. yeah, there were a lot of good shows, man. I can't really specify just one. Lots of good shows. Okay. Well, uh, what about your worst show? What do you mean? Like, uh, uh, like, <laughs> I don't know, technology failing or like having a having like getting heckled or anything like that. Did anything bad ever happen at shows for you? Yeah, I think uh, when we were doing our first tour in 2011. Uh, we had a great show in Moscow and next day we were going to some local town near the Moscow but unfortunately we uh, we didn't make it to the hotel and to the apartment that we were uh, supposed to, to be staying and we were left I mean on the on the train station for the night oh. <laughs> yes so after the night in on the train sta train station uh, Max singer he lost his voice so he got sore throat and he couldn't sing and uh, I think the worst show, the show that we played, like three people, just drummer, me, and a bass player. <laughs> and the, the city was called Ryazan. Ryazan, it's close to to the Moscow. And uh, I mean, people from Russia, they, they they will know. Yeah, that was the worst show. And Max was sitting uh, was sitting on the chair 
I mean, uh, inside the club and just watching our show. I mean, he was watching <laughs> the show of his own band, but not singing, not being on stage. So y'all <laughs> just did it instrumental? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all just did yeah. instrumental, like an instrumental set? Yeah. Yes, man. It was the only time that we did instrumental uh, gig. It was crazy, man. Believe it was crazy. But, uh, and uh, I mean, it was uh, late November. It was really cold, freezing out there in the club. And uh, I don't know, some 50 people showed up. Uh, I think it was a very weird show and I, I wouldn't want to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that, was, that, that one was the worst. What's the weirdest place you've ever played? Weirdest? I think, uh, I don't know how to translate it properly in English, but in, uh, in Saratov city, it's in Russia, uh, there is a club that was uh, like, uh, it was the booth for electrical transformers, you know, I mean, like a sub, sub power plant or something. <laughs> so it's like, yes, yeah, like a small building with a, yes, with the purpose of supplying electricity, you know, I don't know. I, I think you, you no, got the idea. Yeah, we, we yes. yes, but then it was like renovated, all this equipment removed and they made a club there underground. I think that was the weirdest place. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. Just yeah, takes that much uh, energy to, to power your, your, uh, your sick jams, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and inside, inside, no ventilation. Absolutely no. So we, like, in, in five minutes, you were completely, like, I drenched. Don't know, yes, like drenched crazy. with the sweat, sweating like crazy. And the, inside, some 70 people. We felt like in sauna. That was, yeah, that was sick, believe me. <laughs> we were just placed to, to have a show. <laughs> so, uh, what's it? Oh, I already asked that. Hold on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so, you guys are doing pretty good with your release. Like, y'all are getting a lot of uh, attention. I was wondering what you see other bands doing that are like uh, up and coming bands that are doing that, what, I'm sorry, what they're doing wrong, like to, uh, in terms of promotion and stuff. How did they get to your your uh, to where you guys are? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, uh, since two thousand eleven, we had a band manager from Saint Petersburg. His name was Anton. He had a master's in marketing, and he did a really good job promoting us. I think he created our Facebook page, and uh, so we got these ten k likes there only because of him. So he he knew how to promote a band. He also had successful stories with other Russian bands, like Change of Loyalty. Uh, he was a band manager of that band as well. And he did really a very solid job in marketing. So, but after that, I don't know, man. Promotion is not really my thing. I know that if you pay some money, yeah, you can get these paid advertisement and uh, companies with big pockets, they can cover like more audience. If you have less money, less audience. Uh, I don't know, but... If you are a band and if you start playing, I think you need to get a very solid product first. I mean, like an EP or even a single to make it sound really good and uh, unique as, as, as much as you can make it, you know? And uh, start from a local audience. Start with your friends. And uh, I mean, the, the best marketing is viral marketing. When you don't need to pay anything to anyone, people just show it to, to, to friends. And uh, I think bands should like strive to do th this kind of stuff, not just simply putting money into Facebook ads or Instagram and waiting for for some some wonder to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so you guys aren't working with that uh, uh, 
I'm sorry. What would you call him? Uh, your promotion guy? You aren't working with him anymore then? No, not working anymore. Uh, at some point, he decided that he needs to start a family. He needs to uh, like build his career. So at that point, around 2014, we stopped working together, but we are still good friends. And I think he's following our... Uh, I mean, our news and release releases. So, uh, so y'all yeah, did we are all the promotion for this on your own, then? Yeah, on your on our own. But it's you totally did DIY. so good with it. Like you, you got a lot of people to check it out, man. Like I, I didn't know that you guys were a, were a thing until y'all dropped this album, and I saw y'all everywhere when this thing dropped. So y'all must really? have been doing something right. I don't know, man. I think it's the result of ten years of being active, and the again the audience that we built. Uh, it's small, but it's very trusty. You know, I mean, it's reliable. Maybe it's because of, because of them. I don't know, man. Okay. Um, so we have one question that we ask everybody here: How do you dress right. your hot dogs? Can you repeat that question, please? How do you dress your hot dogs? What do you put on your hot dogs? Hot dogs. Hot <laughs> dogs. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm more of a burger type guy. Okay. <laughs> What do you yeah, put on your burger? Burger. Uh, but usually it's chicken. Okay. Yeah, it's chicken. And uh, I don't know, maybe some cheese, some salad. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a very weird question, you know? <laughs> I, I That's why I ask it. Me. I can't see how it describes me as a person. <laughs> uh, we had somebody that was in uh, chat for a long time and always asked everybody how they uh, dress their hot dogs. They just decided to make it a tradition. Mm, I see. <laughs> uh, are you involved in any other projects? Or is Dysphoria your only thing? Uh, right now, Dysphoria is the only thing because, uh, yeah, I, I literally don't have time for anything else. I have my day job. I have my like personal life. I uh, traveled extensively over the last years. So uh, you won't believe it, but we did a full album for this technical death metal project, Hedonistic Auxility, in 2012. I mean, I did all the instrumental thing, I recorded everything, and it's still lying on my laptop. What? <laughs> Dude, put it without, out! Without vocals. We, we didn't have enough time to start like this recording process for vocals. Yeah, man, it's crazy. We just don't have time. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Put that out mm. at some point. Uh, so you guys have CDs and shirts and hats. Uh, you want to show some of that? Yeah, I'm proud of this one. <laughs> Look at that. That's fucking nice, man. Yeah. So again, this was the idea of our singer, Max. He decided to make some base baseball caps and the snapbacks, I mean, with a flat visor. And uh, at first, I, I didn't think, again, that's, that it's a nice idea because, uh, I mean, a T-shirt, a T-shirt, this one. Hell yeah, dude, that is sick. Yeah, I mean, a t-shirt is a universal product, and uh, everybody buys them. I mean, it's easy, it's easier to sell them, but with the caps. But man, in the end, these weren't so good. I think we sold already something like 20, and for us, it's it's very nice, like 20, 20 of these caps. Yeah, it's pretty good, man. Yeah, and you know, from time to time, you need to... Uh, you need to widen the range of the products that you are offering to your audience. So this was a very nice like change for us. Alrighty, uh, when when's the vinyl happening? Vinyl, man, it's it's complicated. Uh, I must confess, like a month ago, I started looking googling about vinyl. In Ukraine, there is no vinyl uh, production, 
So nobody's <laughs> pressing vinyls here. Yes. Uh, the closest country is Poland. Uh, they have this like monotype pressing company, but the queue is two months, two months. And uh, the cost, man, the cost. I mean, the the, um, the batch can be st starting from 100 vinyls. So it's going to be at least 1000 euro. And, uh, you know, it's for a, you're going to sell it for a very, very long time. So it's a long term investment. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure that I'm ready for this now. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that there's like some label that would be interested in putting it out because, like I said, you guys have generated a lot of uh, uh, views and listens and stuff. Like, uh, have you reached out to anybody? Um, I, I I got a message from uh, Vicious Instinct Records from Australia. Uh, the guy who is ru running this label, his name is Matt. He's a very chill guy. I really appreciate his support. And, uh, but I don't know, man, you need to get signed <laughs> again. So you need to get signed. You need to have some contract where you put all these, uh, specific specifications of your deal, including vinyl pressing. So you can't just ask somebody to press vinyls for you and, uh, to cover the cost, you know, at, at this point we need to do this by ourselves. Uh, but I'm not sure that people are going to buy this. I mean, I Googled a lot vinyl sales are growing for last 10 years mm -hmm. while cds sales are actually in decline yeah i mean vinyl yes vinyl is a very nice product it's a very physical i mean you have this envelope you have this heavy vinyl you know and uh it's a good thing you have this huge artwork you can actually like see some details of this one uh i mean it's nice uh i've I, sold I've more vinyl than it. cds of of my my music really yeah it uh, sells really well. Man, I'm, I, I need to reconsider. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I asked in Instagram, I asked people who were buying our CDs, I asked their, of, of their opinion. What about vinyls? I can't say that I got some positive uh, uh, replies about this one. I mean, people are buying CDs. Right, but vinyls, I think it's more for die-hard fans or something. So I'm not sure that we're going to sell at least 20, you know, or over the next year. Oh, so I'm sure you I, would, 100%. You would definitely sell more than 20, 100%. I don't know, man. I'm, uh, maybe I don't like risk. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the last album you listened to? Uh, I think it was Within the Ruins, their 2010 album called... Uh, What's the name of that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. But uh, okay, Maybe, so yeah, with with the songs like "Behold the Harlot" or "Invade" or "Omen." I, no, 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 not "Omen." I don't know, man. We were we had this band gathering, you know, two days before, and we listened to a shitload of old music like White Chapel, "This Is Exile," this okay. like cult album classic, you know, and a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I think "Within the Ruins" and "White Chapel" were like the last albums that I listened to. Okay. Uh, what what was your album of the year for 2020? <laughs> of course, it's Beneath the Massacre, man. Beneath the Massacre. Okay. I mean, we are diehard fans of Beneath the Massacre band. We visited two shows. Uh, their shows in 2011 in Moscow. Me and the singer went to Moscow. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, the crowd was weak, but the sound was uh, like okay, so-so. But their stage presence is is sick. I mean, Elliot is such a huge and uh, powerful vocalist, and uh, his presence 
Oh man, that, that, that was amazing, really. So we repeated this in 2019, late 2019. They had a show in Berlin because they were like um, reviving from sleep, uh, preparing for release of their new album, and they were doing this European tour. So we decided that Berlin would be a nice place to like hang around and uh, visit their show. It was amazing, man. When they started to play their new single, uh damn i i forgot the <laughs> i forgot the, the the name of the track but it has good, a man. lot of like yeah crazy tapping you know and chris the guitar player was delivering everything perfectly right in front of you man these were like impressions for the whole life believe me these are like the sweetest memories i got from the 2019 it was crazy <laughs> and then we had the year 2020 where everything just went to shit <laughs> Uh, yeah, for some people, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's about all I had to talk about, unless you had something else you wanted to bring up. I don't know, man. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, I'll just move up to the outro then. So, if you like a bit of tech with your core, check out Dysphoria's ridiculously good album, Primal Entropy, which came out back in November. Uh, you guys are on Spotify, all the streaming websites, Bandcamp, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, are there any other plugs I'm missing? I don't know, my Instagram and Facebook are like the most active social medias for us. So, uh, yeah, you're good with that. Alrighty. Uh, as for me, drop my channel follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and streaming services, as well as exclusive emotes, which I'm dropping right there. Uh, find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. YouTube, folks, if you enjoyed this, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, and don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at thesoundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. My next guest is Oregon-based mathcore band, I guess we lost. I guess we lost. Oh, there he is. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> My next guest yeah, is uh, Oregon-based mathcore band Foes. Join us this Wednesday, the 13th at 7 p.m. Central, right here at twitch.tv slash the cast that ends creation for the live cast. Thanks for being here, Alex. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, man. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity to, to be here, to talk to you, to answer some questions, because uh, it doesn't happen much. And I think uh, at least English-speaking audience... Uh, they will appreciate the info that they got from me on in the name, like speaking in the name of the band. Uh, yeah, I hope it, it will do a good thing for, for the band and for its future. Oh, thank hell you, yeah, band. man. Uh, you guys are always welcome back. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening.